Welcome back in. Uh, we were with you last week. Uh, we, devastatingly, the LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love performance was eviscerated, but uh, that does not matter because my old co-host, Jack Spencer, who is not dead, is back on the show. <laughs> Jack, uh, I assume your finals went well. Yeah, they're, yeah the grades are coming back right now. Uh, I'm doing all right. I just have a little bit of busy work to finish up, and then I got a final on Saturday. That's online, but after that, I'm a okay. That is brilliant to hear. I can already smell your postmaster success. <laughs> it's playoff week, and um, out of uh, the uh, graciousness of my heart, I have invited my opponent. I've platformed him. Uh, <laughs> just doing it for the for the fam, doing it for the boys. Uh, none other than Anthony Camera returns to the podcast. Cambo, welcome back in. Hey, it's great to see you guys. Uh, had a long day uh, looking at sanitary sewers all week this week. Uh, just been grinding in AutoCAD, but poured ourselves a little scotch and water, and I'm ready to be back on the pod. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Conrad, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm just – I had a lot of options in the fridge, but I went with the Corona. I didn't want to take someone's beer because these are all like my like dad and brother's beer. So. Is there a lime in liquor, there? pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I got a little uh, spice rum action here. Well, look, I I generally um, am am sympathizing tonight with the Sacco gentlemen, so I'm trying to <laughs> trying to be one and the same with them. Uh, I, Corona Light would be getting them off easy, so um, you know just. Just sampling different beers, seeing what works, what doesn't work. I would encourage everyone in the league to do the same. Just drink to your heart's content. This is my official, um, my official condoning of that action. Um, now, look, guys, we, we have a lot of very intense fantasy to talk about, but so much has happened, uh, even some that we weren't even able to cover because last episode got cut. So I want time to discuss other things going on in the sporting world. Um, I, I guess let's get the sad stuff out of the way. Uh, Mike Leach, I, um, I, you know, as, as I've said multiple times on this pod, I've, I've gotten a lot more into college football this year and he just any time Will or I saw a clip of him, we'd send it to each other, had a good time. So, I mean, this, the timing and the, the, I feel like it impacted me just as much as it impacted you boys who have probably been following, uh, college football for longer but cambo as our mm. resident college football expert i would love to hear uh i would love to hear how you feel about this uh this tragedy yeah i mean i really mean this when i say this this is uh for me at least and i think a lot of other people around the college football world and especially in the sec uh this has been maybe the first death since kobe uh there's really 
made a lot of people feel this way. Mike Leach really revolutionized college football. He brought the air raid when he was the offensive coordinator at Kentucky uh, and moved over to Texas Tech where, you know, he had the Red Raiders. Everybody remembers that famous Michael Crabtree catch against Texas. Uh, But then after some incident at Texas Tech, which he was actually found innocent of after he was fired, moved on to Washington State, turned a meddling Pac-12 team into contenders. Then he moved on over to Mississippi State, uh, where he's done really well right from the get-go in the SEC. I mean, the SEC is a gauntlet. He wasn't winning the SEC West, but I think he knew that. Uh, And, you know, uh, something that is just, I think, incredible. Uh, Mississippi State's still going to play in its bowl game. They're playing in the formerly known as the Outback Bowl. Now it's the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa. Uh, they're playing in Tampa. Mike Leach, always known as the Pirate. Turn on your wild meter here because what is Tampa Bay known for? Having a pirate ship in its stadium. I think if you're betting the house, even though it may be a little weird, I think you got to take Mississippi State in the ReliaQuest Bowl. And I think that's what Mike Leach would want you to do. He wouldn't be the type of guy who would want you to sit around and sulk. He was a football guy through and through, and I think that college football is going to miss him, but he's in a better place, and we can be thankful for what he's brought to college football and to the NFL in general. If you look at, even you look at guys like Mahomes and other people who can just air the ball out, Josh Allen, that same type of offense came from Mike Leach's days at Kentucky and Texas Tech and then moved up into the NFL. Yeah, it's uh, it was super sad to see. Um, how did the uh, pirate thing originate? Uh, Mike Leach kind of always just referred to himself as the pirate. He did it himself, uh, which is the most Mike Leach thing you can <laughs> think of, is that you have this coach who gets in arguments and does – press conferences about which mascot would win in a fight. He, I saw a thread today about he brought in a kid actually from Kansas City for a recruiting visit, and his whole recruiting pitch was he did a magic trick. Like, <laughs> that was Mike Leach. Damn. So sad to see him go. I mean, especially, like, him as an active college football coach, you know? Like, and he was still very young, like. A much more shamed coach in the college sporting world uh, yesterday was Chris Beard. Um, I know that uh, Texas had just sold out um, their last college basketball game, bringing them to second place in the Big 12 for most consecutive basketball sellouts. Everyone else has zero. Texas had one. Kansas has 324 now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It looks like that's going away now. Campbell, tell us what happened with Chris Beard. Yeah, so the thing about Texas basketball, and you look at Chris Beard, Chris Beard took Texas Tech to a Final Four in 2019, coached the 2020 season, and then this was all at Texas Tech. And an ultimate scumbag move, like the drunk fuck that he is, leaves for the Texas job. And obviously rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. You watched their game at Texas Tech last year, 
just incredible scenes in Lubbock for the tortilla throwers and everything else. Uh, Texas had a lot of momentum coming into this year. They had just built a brand new arena in downtown Austin, uh, actually a smaller arena, uh, which is becoming more popular in college basketball. They were number two in the country, about to drop to number five. And some Monday morning we wake up and we see Chris Beard's been arrested for choking his fiance, Ooh. and he got a class three felony, a third degree felony charge, which is not just like, oh, you're drunk, you choke around. Like, that is causing <laughs> oh, yeah. physical like, harm. Like we all do, Anthony. No, but there, you know what I'm saying. It's not <laughs> just the typical, oh, I'm drunk, it's a domestic dispute here or there. This is like, so close to the degree of attempted murder and he's suspended without pay texas is going to do everything they can with their deep pockets to make sure that when he gets fired that there is no buyout and you know congratulations to ku you just won the big 12 uh maybe not because you have the best team in the big 12 but because you just watch chris beard make a dumb decision and ruin his life, any future chances at a college coaching job. Uh, absolutely wild scenes. And what sucks is, is that this Saturday is going to be such a big day for college basketball. There are top 10 matchups all over the board. You have Kansas, Indiana. I know that Mr. Metcalf is very excited for that game and is even hosting people for it. Ooh. Uh, I think he was going to He's going to go as well, but people are coming in from Indiana. Uh, You also have Alabama, who is a force in the SEC this year, going to Gonzaga to play. Number five, Houston at number two, Virginia. You have the CBS Sports Classic with North Carolina, who has been struggling but still a good team against Ohio State, and UCLA, Kentucky. And then to end the night, Number six, Tennessee, is traveling to Arizona. And there are plenty of more great games. And Chris Beard has just taken all that spotlight away from what should be a very good weekend of college sports uh, and just fucked it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that's horrible to see. And I would imagine he's going to prison for a bit, um, hopefully. I don't know. I, I haven't really been following college basketball yet. Like, I haven't, I haven't gotten there. But, um, you know, Tulane, they don't have a really good team, so I can't really be bothered. I don't really have, like, a college basketball team that I like to root for outside of, like, I guess Wisconsin, but I don't know. Um, you know, it's funny, Jack. You were asking about Reddit wrapped or whatever the year-end Reddit thing is. <laughs> my top <laughs> two uh, – my top two subreddits this year, number one was college football. Number two was college basketball. Uh, so this shows oh, nice. kind of a difference of where we sit uh, in our spectrum of uh, <laughs> sporting views and that I just want to see the kids play. You know, Cameron, that's it. that is actually funny that you say that, you know, because where you sit is where you stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I had a – I think I had NBA as my top one. Um, how many hours did you have? For your Ooh, top? 
I spent a total of four days this year in college football subreddit. My my NBA was like, I think it was like 150 hours ish. Oh yeah, I mean it. I kind of saw that was just depressed at how much time I had spent on Reddit. I know, like I can I can toot my horn about not being on Instagram, but then I see my Reddit like time spent, and it's like. NFL, fantasy football, and NBA. Like those are my R slash fantasy football. Look where it gets you. I, Not in the playoffs, fucking. <laughs> play, though. I, I I have my Reddit recap for you guys. I do not spend a lot of time on Reddit. I I I think I'm a member of like 15 subreddits, and like I I like all of them, but I don't think like my biggest one is 10 hours and four hours and three hours. Oh. Oh wow! Not based. Not my, based. My, my top three Reddits. Number three, R slash Drizzy. Number two, R slash Fantasy Football Commish. Okay. And number one, R slash Better Call Saul. Not okay, buddy. Chicanery. Okay, buddy. Chicanery. (laughs) (laughs) 50 hours. They they can't even calibrate that one. I still need to finish uh, Better Call Saul. That's on my uh, list. (laughs) Um. Okay, I I want to. Let us touch on um, one more thing before we move on. Uh, Jack, welcome. Do back. Do I get my time? Yeah, Jack. Oh yeah. Welcome back to the fray. Listen, um, uh, me, Jack, and Metcalf have been talking uh, Pelicans basketball recently. Um, look, the the Pelicans are clearly the fathers of the Phoenix Suns now. And, yes, sir. Um, I know Jack has been going to those games. He's really been enjoying it, and Jack feels like it's really the Pelicans' turn to shine. So, Jack. I know you just wanted to generally talk about it, but I do want to lead you here with two questions. One, how far do you think the Pelicans could feasibly get this year? And two, uh, how long or will it ever happen that Zion becomes the prince who was promised? I mean, Conrad, he he is the prince that was promised, dude. Like, he's there right now. Like, he's dropping over tw- – I think he's averaging, like, 26 a game – um, I've watched a lot of Pels, so I've seen him like play a bunch and he's like just popping off. He has such a nice smooth touch at the rim, like he's not all just like powerful dunks. I've been convinced for a long time that he should be the one bringing up the ball on every single possession. Um, you can I mean, you can see his gravity like in in just like every single way. Plus, now that like he doesn't even need to be doing it on his own. He has a great second-hand player, or a second-best player in uh, Brandon Ingram. And then, oh, there's great depth right now. Jose Alvarado, who would be starting for a lot of teams as our point guard off the bench, who just brings, like, such a fire. Um, CJ McCollum, he's been up and down this year, but he's been doing really well recently. He dropped, like, 30... Um, at the game at the Suns game this past Sunday, um, he is definitely one of the older team te- players on the team. Like a lot of guys are twenty five and under. Um, Herb Jones recently just got back, and he is an all defense caliber player who is like just the quintessential three and D shooting guard that you're looking for in this modern NBA. And I haven't even brought up uh, Trey Murphy the third who is one of my favorite players on the team this year. He is lights out shooter. He has the green light from anywhere on the floor, um, has crazy dunks, and he is 
he currently has the highest free throw percentage in the league. So, yeah. And to answer one of your questions, Conrad, I think um, I would be very, very disappointed if they didn't make it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, I'm not saying they're necessarily going to win um, because I do have a feeling that they're just a little too young right now. But if they can get there versus, like, the Suns, I think they'd be in a great spot. I, I do not like the Suns. Um, we're, like, I think we're either even with the Memphis Grizzlies right now on games. Um, like, we've either gone 2-2 two and two or, like, 1-2 and two against them. Um, Jaron Jackson is very scary, in my opinion. I don't think we have a lot of uh, players to combat his level of athleticism. But I do think Ja Morant is manageable, so we'll see. They're they're probably the team I'm scared of the most right now in the West. Like a a, a better young team than you? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say better because I do think the Pels are a lot deeper, um, especially if we get to like the playoff time and Dyson Daniel and Dyson Daniels can get some meaningful minutes. Um, he's been really impressive in what I've seen from him so far. Um, he's all right on offense. He makes like a little mistakes here and there, but he is like a perfect defender. He's like six, eight ish. He's like 19. Um, he was guarding. He like shut down Devin Booker. Um, not this past Sunday, but the last Friday, like I'm really excited to see what we can, uh, get from him. So that's my Pels rant. Thank you for sharing the Pels insight. I think, um, you know, they've they've really got off to a great start. I don't know how sustainable the the one seed is, but it's definitely going to be playoffs. I think Western Conference Finals is a great target for them. Um, the the whole conference is kind of in flux right now, so who knows? Who knows? When conferences are in flux, the Raptors win NBA championships. I will say, Conrad, before we move on to uh, fantasy football. The Pelicans currently hold the Lakers' first-round pick this year, so there is a chance that Wembenyama ends up in New Orleans. That would be the greatest cheese of all time. <laughs> and the Wembenyama draft. Let's not get too greedy for your boys. I know, I know. Um, okay, now that we got that all other systems, I want to paint the picture of what happened in the final week of fantasy. Going into it, um, you know, it wasn't like the last week where you had all the five and sevens gunning for it, which actually ended up being disappointing because all of them lost except for Tommy, who was playing another five and seven. <laughs> but there were still some stakes going on. And uh, I, I guess we'll start, especially given um, our guests on the show today, we'll start with the fight for the sixth seed. So Cambo had clinched his spot in the playoffs last week. So he had closed the back door. And Tommy directly beat Metcalf last week as well. So it was kind of like, okay, so Tommy has a better record than Metcalf. They had the same points scored, but literally Metcalf is going to need to beat Adam, who is at full health. And, you know, I think we all agree is a, is a above average team in the league when he's at full health. He needs Tommy to lose to Cambo who at a certain point during that game have like a 70-point projected. And he needed for <laughs> Tommy, who I think the last four or five weeks had scored like right at 120. So Metcalf's odds were looking very bad. 
first things first, he had to beat Adam. And, um, you know, I got to say, I, very impressed that Metcalf's boys showing up when they were needed. Um, it actually, the only reason that game ended up being close was because Adam had a huge James Conner performance on Monday night where it actually was like, okay, well, actually, if, you know, if Hopkins gets a 40-yard touchdown pass, then Metcalf will miss the playoffs. But nevertheless, Metcalf held on. And other than that Monday night scare, it really wasn't in too much doubt. I think just overall, a classic, very strong performance by Metcalf. Um, with Mahomes going under 20, he needed the rest of his boys to pick it up. Derek Henry delivered the 19. Um, his boy, DK Metcalf, delivered the 15. And the rest of the team just kind of carried it through. Dalton Schultz with 11, defense with 11. His boy, Marr with 11. Isaiah Pacheco, who now seems like he's good for 10, had that amazing run to seal the game against the Broncos. I mean... This was a this was a Metcalf winning when needed the most, and Metcalf's closing ability has been definitely called into question for the last decade. So you love to see it, guys. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, once I realized that I wasn't making the playoffs, it was definitely good to see uh, Metcalf make it. I know how much it means to him. Um, yeah, and plus, like Tommy is love love Tommy, but I didn't really see it as something that was. Good for the league, him sneaking in there. That's fair. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, so definitely good for uh, competitiveness, good for some shit talk. Hopefully Riley can go on a run here. I know he's – I mean, Telford's not the worst first-round matchup, but Joe is, like, red hot right now, especially coming off of bye. His boys are well-rested. So, I don't know. Good to, good to see. I'm not mad at it. Cambo, I feel like Metcalf as a person, Metcalf's team – just embodies the feisty six seed, you know, just, just, you know, it's a question the whole way, whether or not he was going to make it. He, sometimes he was there. Sometimes he was out of it. Then in, then in the 11th hour, he, he comes through. Yeah. I mean, obviously Metcalf was texting me a lot during this game. At one point he texted me, you beautiful son of a bitch. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, this is the type of this is how fantasy works. Fantasy is not uh at some points it is luck and you see Tom, you see Dalvin have a bad game from Tommy. You see Amari Cooper stink it up. Hayden Hurst, questionable start. Ramondre Stevenson gets hurt. The uh Dolphins defense only gives up or only scores one point. McManus has a weak game. Like Literally any of those players, if Tommy has a t- player other than Tyler Lockett score a touchdown, uh, Tommy's sitting in the playoffs and Riley's watching from home. Uh, I wish I could have been a little bit more decisive in my victory over Tommy. But, you know, uh, I think Zach Taylor, I saw tweets and I kind of agree. Zach Taylor, head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, should be fined at minimum five hundred thousand uh, <laughs> dollars for his actions. This is not the first time he's done this, and this is going to scare me the rest of the playoffs. T. Higgins, all day, all week. T. Higgins is healthy. T. Higgins is healthy. All of a sudden, T. Higgins plays one snap. Yeah, you know what? He's not healthy to go, boys. We're going to bench him. It was We're looking, he was able to make his way out there for a snap. I think that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, 
the NFL, besides fantasy, fantasy's fantasy, but the NFL's always had to deal with this. But mm-hmm. gambling is legal in where, what, half the United States now, maybe a little less. You have people doing it illegally anyways. Plus, DraftKings, FanDuel, all of them are sponsors of the NFL. You're talking player props. You're talking everything. And Zach Taylor's just going to go out and lie on the injury report. Like, what is going on in Cincinnati right now? Um, you know, <laughs> see, you already have Tyler Boyd. It, Anthony. <laughs> is, there, uh, is there anything personal about this? <laughs> no, there's actually not. I actually didn't make a player prop on T. Higgins. Thank God, because I usually do. I, T. Higgins is one of my favorites on a prop because he has better odds than Jamar Chase. But I can I know a lot of people that put a lot of money on T. Higgins anytime touchdowns because Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst are out. And you know Jamar Chase is going to get clamped. I just think personally the NFL needs to do something about this. The NFL also should not be giving buys week 14. I know this has been a contentious point. It hurt my team a little bit, hurt Metcalf's team. These week 14 buys are ridiculous coming from the NFL, not because of fantasy playoffs, but I mean, you're having players play up until mid-December and then they get a bye week. It's like, how is that fair to them? I don't know. I agree, especially if you're like, you're one of those teams in the middle. Like, for instance, um, you know, we don't think of the Cardinals as a very good team or the Saints, but I think those are both teams that, um, actually, I think the Cardinals got, well, I guess the Cardinals got a bye, um, like a, a couple weeks ago, but Saints and Cardinals both got a late buys. I think those are both teams that if they could have just had a week to kind of regroup and get healthier, I think they both like, you know, that's like the kind of team that we now think of as, as, you know, shitty teams, but like, you know, the, they, you get tired, you're playing a lot of games, you're, you're playing against teams that are coming off their buy. It's, it's, it's totally not, I mean, we know how good Andy Reid is off of buy. Like, I don't, has he like ever lost a game since he's. Joined? Yeah, he has, he has. What the, Steelers playoff game? Uh, Steelers playoff game counts as a loss off a bye, even for his record that CBS and all the little pundits use. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, imagine if, as Chiefs fans, or imagine if you're Mm -hmm. a Bills fan or even in the NFC, someone that's contending, and, you know, imagine if you're the Chiefs and Mahomes has got a nagging turf toe injury or something like that. Kelsey's a little banged up. And this is early November, and you get to December, and you're sitting here just looking at a team that is banged up. They've got to get through it, and this is something that can determine who makes the playoffs. This buy placement, yes, it can. No, I mean, I agree. I'm just – I'm thinking there's a specific team that I'm thinking of that really could have used – a more mid-season buy that that ended up having a week 14. The the Green Bay Packers, they are yeah. like they really could have used that break towards the end of the year and then like or towards the middle of the year to reassess like they had good weeks, they had really really bad weeks, but I think it could have been there. Um but and it sucks week 14, same with the Colts. Yeah. And don't get me started on the NFL scheduling policies. I know it's weird this year with Christmas Day being on a Sunday, but what the fuck are we doing scheduling Saturday games? 
I mean, <laughs> for our managers here who aren't as adept, make sure you check your lineup Saturday morning too. This is what the NFL does. This is who the NFL is. They're going to space out these buys because they know more teams on TV and they're going to try and find days to put it on TV and shove their product down your goddamn throat. And you know what the truth is? We're going to eat it up like the stupid people we are. We have a great day of college basketball on Saturday. And instead, we have NFL football on from 11 o'clock to 11 in the morning Central Time to 10 p.m. Central Time. Oh, like, you, what? Will you, oh, I guess this is next week. But I know I know that there's there's going to be a, a, like a, like a Rams versus Broncos game. Like, it's, the whole country is going to be force-fed at some point. Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, uh, and we – you know, Christmas Eve, we actually have on that Saturday, we have more NFL games than we do on Sunday. Yeah. And, like, what is going on? Sunday is the NFL's day. Add in Monday night and Thursday night. But we don't need, especially this late in the season, yeah, but... to be jacking with player schedules, anything like that. I know it's important. What does a day really mean? But, come on. It's the reason for the season. NBA basketball and the birth of Jesus. Um, oh, it's my fa- Oh, it's my favorite day. Uh, look, I, I, I wanna, I wanna just address Tommy and Adam's team. Adam, um, who we were able to talk about last podcast that wasn't published. Adam, I guess my post um, mortem of this team is just, you know, it was, it was a team that made some savvy moves. Always looked like they were on the up and up, and then that one week where we faced off against them and. He lost like two players that week and just never recovered. That will be the story of Adam's team. Um, and now he, as he plays these meaningless games, uh, it'll be interesting to see where the LQ Long Boys build from here. Um, I think that they will always be seen as a as a tough out. Um, but we're going to need to see a turnaround from that franchise. As for Tommy, um, kind of heartbreaking to see Tommy rally back from like, again, I think he was like two and six. And then he was like in the driver's seat for the playoffs. And he totally fumbled it at the finish line. I mean, look, he must have been following. Zach Taylor must have got him too because I'm sure Tommy <laughs> was looking closely at his lineup every day and started Hayden Hurst and was like, what? Zach Taylor's sitting Hayden Hurst? No. Tommy totally <laughs> Like, look, Tommy in a game he had to win started a player that was out. He actually started a kicker that had just been dropped by the Packers. It wasn't until I said something in the group chat that he picked someone else up. Um, but he still – all, after all that, still should have beaten Cambo because uh, with a T. Higgins loss, that canceled out the Hayden Hurst loss. Cambo had a good game from Thielen, but really nothing else left. Yeah, I mean, Cambo was supposed to lose that whole time. And even when things were kind of, you know, going to money, there was still a chance. It was like, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson is the entire Patriots run game. And they're playing against the Cardinals. What do you want to happen? He gets injured? He gets injured. I mean, it's it was crazy. I'm sure that Metcalf probably for like a split second was like, thinking about going the route of the high ground of like, always hate to see a player get injured. But we never even uh, saw that voice. He got very hype about Ramondre going down. And yeah, uh, for the for his eighth season, Tommy Mitchell will miss the playoffs. And what's the future of Bofa Ligum? Look, I'm going to be honest. I think it's very murky. I think, let's just say that I think Tommy's destiny is going to be in his own hands. As uh, Are people... Are the shouts turning? Are the whispers turning to shouts? I, all I'll say is that I think that there's no way to avoid a much higher pot next year for the league. Uh, uh, I gotta say, uh, Noswad promised last episode that he is going to, if he wins, 
he's going to spend however much of his money it takes to buy a trophy where you can engrave each league. <coughs> Nosplot always for the culture, of course. Anyway, there's there's a lot more being put into this league, and you know, I it's it's up to Tommy whether or not he wants to stick with it. But um, but, but Bofa Lagom, we will never forget this late season push he made. And Cambo, good thing that um, you why well, this is kind of a meaningless victory for you. I I, I don't know really what that did, but. Um, good job. <laughs> yeah, and I actually was, uh, I actually was like kind of indifferent to what happened in this game. I guess it, I was kind of actually hoping to get the six seed, and I'd rather be playing Telford than you this week, honestly. Uh, just because I don't know, I'm kind of down on Telford's team. I think the Geno Magic's worn off. Oh yeah, and. Everything else, we'll get into his game later. But and actually, we can we can talk about it right now. I mean, the the, the other major storyline of this week is, uh, look, the Conrad. We know what's the biggest story though. Austin <laughs> had the one seed locked up, so his game theoretically didn't matter. But it's not like he started his starters. Um, me and Telford were fighting for the two seed. I had said the last few episodes, look, watch out for Joe. If, if the right things happen, he has enough points where he can jump us. Sure enough. Uh, chaos. The the three teams that were sitting at the top all lost this week, and we'll start Jack with your boys. Uh, in again, uh, actually, this game was meaningful. I, I actually think if you would have lost this week, would you be in the Sacco? Uh, I think so. Yeah, no, I think I would. You could. Well, you, no, you, well, it would have depended on um, Frankie. Frankie. Well, Declan won, so. I guess if I scored more points than Declan but still lost, then I would have well, that's what I'm not saying. been. You, you had a solid week, 107, but if Telford would have just scored more points than you, you would be in the Seco right now. So this was a Correct. Yeah, but I uh, can't be playing that if game, you know. I still uh, – also, can I say a 6 and – or I guess like if I had lost a 5 and 7 – no, no. A 5 and 9 team being in the Seco, that's actually not – that's pretty, you know. That's a nice league parody right there. Yeah, I I, I agree. It was good to see uh, a lot of fight. A, a bit of it was a race towards the bottom. If you look at from <laughs> from the team, that definitely at a certain point in the year, like two weeks ago, from the team that made uh, us being six and eight to the team that made the cycle being five and nine. That's a that's kind of a mess. But Jack, uh, you got you got the key win this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, boys. It's not that I haven't been playing or. Not that I haven't been paying attention to fantasy football, but these uh-huh. last two weeks, I have been, like, so off the grid in terms of, like, my awareness for um, this kind of stuff. However, you know, I'm definitely happy to be here. Uh, a nice, comfortable eighth, well, eighth place finish, you know, not the best by any means, but not the worst. Um, you know, you can't win them all. There are definitely some mistakes that stem from the draft that uh, bit me in the ass. Uh, I think it was like the quintessential, like not living up to your potential. Um, I if, I feel like if I did a breakdown of most points projected versus like projected points versus actual points scored, I would have like the highest discrepancy. Because, like, there was a point in the season where I was projected, like, 110, like, every week. But then I just kept getting, like, between 70 and 90. And I was like, like oh, fuck, here we go. Um, but, you know, I'm happy that I could beat Telford, rub it in his face one time, keep him out of a bye. Um, and 
I did you a solid Conrad by beating Telf. Um, not that it, not that it amounted to much, but you know, it still, uh, still would have been nice to give you a layup into the, uh, buy, but I, uh, look, I, I, I'll, I'll, you know, Campbell, do you have anything left to say about this Jack versus Telford game? Um, about the Telford game? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you have any comments. <laughs> me, it's, uh, it was definitely, Before, I, how did Telford we have to get Tyler Boyd? How did he start him? Yeah, was he? Yeah, we knew Tyler Boyd was out early in the week. Uh, Telford, we didn't drop a podcast. That means last week. That means Telford's not going to pay attention. Now that we dropped a podcast this week, Telford's going to throw up 120 on our heads and going to be talking shit in the group me. Uh, (laughs) It must be that corporate life. Uh, He needs the podcast to get through. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of at the end of my podcast listening skills and i'm sure for telford that's the same thing um you just look at kind of what's happening here uh in this game like you know jack um kind of wish you could have made the playoffs just so you could have lost in the playoffs again (laughs) uh, a lot of people feel that way noswad definitely i actually was prepared and i even texted Will Frankie or Dawson Noswad, something about, I was like, all I care about is beating Jack in the playoffs again. <laughs> and I'm you not going to get to do up. that. Have fun yeah. playing in the consolation ladder. Go get your little, what, seventh place trophy. Go have fun. <laughs> is this the fucking parochial league where we have games okay, for every place? Okay, fifth and fourth seed. Let's calm it down there. <laughs> but I can still compete. Jack's talking. Since Jack's talking, by the way, Nosquad has won both of his championships off being the sixth seed because he is the New York Giants. Let me just say that. <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to say it. I, I um, totally had uh, the opportunity to uh, make it to the bye week. Jack got the win that I was anticipating him getting. And um, the main story here was Tyler Murray tearing his ACL, which is, uh, hmm, that is not good. And uh, <laughs> nope. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, though. I still would not have beaten Declan if, I mean, I'm just Tyler Murray. I still would not have beaten Declan this week because I don't know what's going on with Saquon. It's, it, to me, I think it's mostly game scripts and opportunity. Like, I was, Will and I were in St. Louis because we were just driving through, uh, and we were like, they only had the Giants game on. So I had Red Zone on, but we were mostly watching the Giants game. And, like, Saquon would they get to like first and goal Saquon five yard run second and goal Saquon four yard run so they'd be like one yard away from scoring and then Daniel Jones hops over the pile I wonder how much of that has been killing him also in a game like this of course they lost to their division rival by you know like 24 points so uh 26 points actually so that was not a help either but um I don't I don't really know why Saquon Barkley is his floor is like as low as anyone else. I mean, he still has a great ceiling, but his floor has become kind of abysmal now. Travis Kelsey, two straight games of just disappointing my boys when we needed them. Um, Jack called Travis Kelsey the most dangerous thing to face in fantasy because um, you don't have anything to match up against Travis Kelsey. You just kind of have to take your L there. This week, of course, Declan had Evan Ingram, who scored 33 points. <laughs> oh, that was gold. Shout out to Deontay Johnson. I- I've been playing that. Uh, Singletary, Deontay Johnson, flex well. I'm 
I'm encouraged to see that. I'm, I'm wondering how I should play that roll those dice this week. Um, but yeah, Ryan Suckup, they may need to find a new kicker. I mean, the, the Buccaneers are not looking good at all. I mean, this was a disaster of a week. Again, I, I would have probably turned in a, a, a paltry 80 points and not an abysmal 64 if Kyler didn't go down. But still, just a just a very poor way to end the season. Limping into the playoffs, falling to the four seed after again. If I would have just gotten the job done here, uh, Declan did get any nine points, so that's that's not a bad game on his side. But if I would have just hit that hundred points, I, I could have uh, I could be sitting pretty right now. And instead, I'm going to war against Cambo this week. Yeah, I mean, Conrad, we we've had this discussion many times before about the importance of a buy. Like it's a free win, you know. Like you, you don't have to roll those dice for one week. Um, all, all you have to do is just hope your boys don't get injured in that one week. Yep. So I know you're. Oh, yes, Anthony. I have two things for Conrad heading into this week. I just want to give him some confidence. Oh, Number you. one, in week fourteen, this fantasy football lineup would have lost to Evan Ingram alone. Oh, I saw this. <laughs> Derek Carr, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddle, Mark Andrews, and Travis Etienne. If you saw that lineup coming against you, you would think that is an automatic loss. That is a buzzsaw of a lineup. I was telling – I think I was saying in the group chat, like literally I don't think you could like legally draft a team or trade for a team that good in 12-man fantasy. No, you couldn't. And I know we had talked earlier – in the season about ways I was going to break fantasy and it didn't come into fruition <laughs> this year. I had talked well, with, well, well, what were some plans, Anthony? <laughs> All right. So, so this is a good one. So I had talked with Noswad yesterday and we kind of just decided we didn't value the QB position that much, but <laughs> if everybody, because I looked around the league as competitive as our league is, we have guys rostering two defenses, multiple kickers, <laughs> guys out for the season. So what I was saying, if we could form a coalition, some may say a party of boys, to all place $4 waiver wire claims on different quarterbacks and make sure that we spread it out, we could be leaving Conrad with like Brett Rippon or even like people's backups. And this is what <laughs> I was trying. I kept trying to get going, uh, and it didn't work, but uh, I still have this thought for next year, and I'm still examining more ways to break fantasy right. in a collusion but not yeah, collusion let me, let me way. You off there. Uh, the first thing I'll say is I was definitely expecting to wake up to having Cambo spent a lot of his fab on just random QBs. I, I, was, <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, he really couldn't do this by himself because you can only roster four. I mean, he could take, you know, Mike White and Brock Purdy or whatever, and I would still have a couple of more options because he, he's already rostering um, Rodgers and Tua. So it would only have taken collusion. Um, and this is a two-parter take by me. One, I would consider that collusion. If that happened to someone else in the league, I would consider that unfair. I'm not sure what action I would take, but – that is on par with me. It's like it would have. I would have shut this shit down. <laughs> it would have been done. I, it's not as bad as like. It's not as bad as like trading. Um, as like colluding on like a trade, like a bad trade for a good trade. But it's it's similar to just like intentionally hurting a team for for what? 
Um, also, I want to say this because you were talking about talking to Nosswad. It's like everyone needs to stop bullying me. <laughs> Nosswad is on the table here because he's in the playoffs. But I didn't have a chance to get around to listening to the to the Fantasy Footballers Pod this today. I don't know if you guys have, but I know that they had an interesting discussion about whether or not should teams that aren't in the playoffs and aren't in the SACO be allowed to make waiver picks. And then as the playoff goes on, like teams that get eliminated and after the sack goes done, no teams allowed to make waiver picks. I think that's hard to enforce. It's a little bit of commissioner fascism, but I'm kind of saying yes, because why should a team that literally, I mean, if, if you're like Jack, where you're the, you're the eighth seed, like our league, yeah, our league doesn't have a built in, um, you know, like a, the constellation bracket doesn't actually mean. So the question is what, what purpose are you, you have to serve picking up those guys other than you're just intentionally hurting other teams i i can't find any other reason so I'm, i want brock purdy as my keeper fuck off Conrad. i'm thinking about implementing <laughs> uh I'm, i want to hear your guys takes as two as two involved boys i'm thinking about implementing a rule next year that uh basically what i just said once you're out of a meaningful game you can no longer pick up you can no longer be active in the waiver wire similar to the fact that you can't be you can't be making trades after a trade deadline no, I'm that's content, stupid. I'm content with it. Oh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's stupid, Connor. <laughs> no, 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 I think it's fine. I, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. The second people realize they're either not in the SACO or not in the playoffs, like that 7 to a, a 10 spot, like those four, it's kind of like, I don't think those guys are checking their lineups anymore. Like, I don't. They shouldn't be. Yeah, I think it's just I, – I mean, like, I've checked out. Like, I've got no reason to be doing that. So, in my Arkansas league last year, I believe Leonard Fournette went out week 15 of the season. And so that was when Rojo was still in Tampa. We had a guy who was in the – this is a 12-man league in the – he finished 10th in the league, so he wasn't in the SACO. He had $60 left in his uh, waiver wire budget. Throw all 60 down on Rojo to block the guy who had Fournette from getting him. Do you, and do you while, why there's no reason that he should be he should be able to do that, though? No, I, because it's how the league operated beforehand. Uh I, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's like those are the conditions in which you have to win, and that's why we have fab. I think, I think it's totally purposes. If, you ha- if this was a league without fab, I would say that because then it is literally just who used their last waiver pick and strength of schedule. But that's part of fab, and that's part of how it breaks. I – Personally, I just think it's fun. Fuck it. It's fantasy football. <laughs> it's not life or death. Mojica wants to throw in all these fucking rules. Here's the deal. We're going to have fun next year, and we're going to enjoy it like we always do. I'm not too, too strong on this. I, I just feel like uh, – You know what, Anthony? You've persuaded me. I think I'm on your uh, screw over whoever you want. But... I, I, I will say, obviously, I wouldn't – Add this rule at this point because again we all agreed the way Fab works. You know we all signed up for this, so it wouldn't be something that I, it's similar. I, I don't support any new rules during a season start because we all make certain moves and make certain setups and stuff like that. 
I'll bring under certain ideas. So anyway, so guys, it wasn't just the collapse of my team and Telford's team, though. Um, we also saw Noswad's team get season swept by Tamke's team. You heard that right. In the year that Noswad <laughs> went 11-3, and three, and Tamke was the lowest scoring team in the league, where Noswad um, was the highest scoring team in the league by almost 100 points. Two of Noswad's three losses came to Will Tamke. I, I, it's, it's hard to explain. Um, all I'm going to say is this shows, again, that there's no reason to – again, that's why I was, I was kind of talking up Noswad in the group chat after Jack was like, oh, Noswad's got an easy path to the playoffs. I, I was saying like, oh, no, like, you know, like I was assuming he faces me. Of course I would never assume that. I, would, I wouldn't even like – it's not even safe to say that like if for, for in some alternative reality where, um, I don't know, Noswad's lineup was going against Frankie's lineup this week. You wouldn't say like, oh, when Nosquad plays next week. That's just not how fantasy works, you know? Any given Sunday, truly, I think, more so in fantasy, which is why you see more parody in that. But yeah, no, Nosquad's boys got serious season swept. Tamke, again, another crucial win, actually, to avoid the sack of Tamke would have dropped in there. Diche would have dropped out. Um, Tamke's boys standing up when most needed. And I got to say, you know who saved Tamke from the sacko? Yours truly. I told him, I told him uh, that morning. Well, one, I told him to look at his lineup because he had Lamar Jackson starting. So I told him to look at Taylor Huntley was fine. I mean, he obviously didn't play well, but he was probably a good pick to do. But I told him, I said, look, Jerry Judy, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. They're going to be playing from behind. Zay Jones, you don't know what to get out of him. After the one o'clock window, Will was pissed at me. Zay Jones had a 17.7 point game. Will was like, I'm going to be running a beer 5K because of you. Little did he know, <laughs> his boy Jerry Judy, who I told him to start at flex, would come through eight receptions, 73 yards, three touchdowns. Should have been thrown out of the game, by the way, for that. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. That was what? absurd. What? Uh, but anyway, the fantasy got that, that the ref was a member of the Kilo City Temp Champ, so he couldn't have let that happen. Um, he stepped up huge. Um, and Tamke, I don't know. I mean, again, kind of a meaningless game to Noswad, but at the same time, it's not like Noswad saddest starters or something. It was definitely a testament to um, maybe we've discovered a new floor for Noswad's team. And also, very not- very notable, I mean, we said when that trade happened with Debo, we said, you know what, like, how much does it even matter for Noswad? Because he's literally like, he, he can, if he's not starting uh, one of these players, it's like a waste of points. So I guess now he doesn't have to worry about that. But he did lose that top-level insurance that he alone had now with Debo. Um, I know that's got to be disappointing for him. Um, I'm sure he's not sweating it too much. But um, that was a under-the-radar development that happened this week. And, um, yeah, Noswat also kind of goes into the playoffs on a bit of a sour note. Nah, I don't know. Uh you know, he's on he had some guys on by. Uh Aaron Jones coming back should be good. And we saw very low numbers from Diggs and ETN, which I don't expect to be a trend. Uh Buffalo just had a bad game in general and I don't see them continuing to do that. Uh, it does suck. I'm a I'm a Debo owner in another league and I missed out on a lot of trades for him. You know, now I'm heading into the playoffs as the four seed and I'm not uh having Debo, which sucks. Even Devontae Adams had a low game. 
I wouldn't be too worried if I'm Noswad. Uh, you know, Tamke's that team that's going to – he's got that plucky stick to in him where he's just going <laughs> to – he's just going to fucking find a way to do stuff that boggles your mind. Like, like you said, he's starting Lamar until you guys are driving and then looks <laughs> into Judy. Like, I don't think you can put this all on Noswad as you can as Tamke's just blind luck. I mean – one, he's starting Tyler Huntley, and I'm checking right now. I still think that right now Will Tampke has all $100 of his fab budget left. Oh, yeah. Like, playing the spoiler. It, is it because? I know Conrad has to explain it, right? it to him. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't carry over. I know Conrad has had to explain this to him a multitude of times, and Tampke has just like, I don't know if he's saved for some bargain, but, like, who knows? In two weeks, Tampke's going to fucking, I don't know, some running back or wider. Justin Jefferson might go down or some goat might go down, and Tampke's going to throw in a $100 waiver claim and just have his little day. And you know what? Good for him. Good it's for gonna him. Be, uh, it's going to be an opposite of the Lenny Mike Boone situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, guys, I, I think they're uh, giving too much credit to Tamki right now. I think that he thinks that that hundred dollars is going to be real life cash he's going to get after the. <laughs> 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 I'm going to get zero dollars now. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I want to touch on the final matchup of the week because as the everyone else at the top fell, Joe saw his opportunity, who finished his season with a three-game win streak. There was a time that people were talking about maybe Joe's team is finally exposing itself. Now it is um, – I think you could say – I mean, if you go by win streak, it is the hottest team in the league. I would say Joe's team is also the hottest team in the league. Um, again, like, you really can't doubt Ezekiel Elliott anymore. There's not going to be, like, quote-unquote that point where Tony Pollard becomes the guy and Ezekiel Elliott becomes, like, a handcuff. Like, the Cowboys have shown you how they're going to do it. And if they keep playing as good as they're playing, Pollard and Zeke are both – Gonna be very solid fantasy starts, um, but yeah. I mean, it's been like I mean that's the uh, that's the model all the time is like running back by committee. Um, whether or not that turns into success, like fantasy wise, I don't know. That doesn't really happen too terribly often. But like having a change of pace guy come in like for a drive or like for half the snaps that helps so much for a team, like especially for two like. Honestly, I would say different running styles of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, you know? Um, plus, like, how can you not give Tony Pollard the ball at this point? Like, he's so good. Um, it, definitely a slept-on thing is, like, I, I mentioned this a few episodes ago. Ezekiel Elliott, in the last six games he's played, has scored between exactly 15 and 17 points. Uh, no more, no less. And he gets it every single time. It's just, that's very dependable. Um, and this is honestly like a, this is, yeah, he's, he's become a very dependable starter. I guess the only very glaring hole now in Joe's team is his tight end. I don't really know what his plan is there. Uh, (laughs) Joe, Joe famously joined me in the zero tight end strategy. He waited actually longer than I did. And we're now seeing the result of this. Joe literally, uh, I mean, again, he's not playing this week, so I, I guess he's not too worried about it. But he's currently starting a tight end that's projected less than one points 
Um, he's going to have to be dipping in the waiver wire. Um, obviously, Deshaun Watson, too, that, as we know, is just going to continue to be a wasted bench spot. So, you know, and I think I believe Devontae Smith, especially now that Dallas Goddard is back, um, I think he is a weak wide receiver, too. But Garrett Wilson has really shown up. So, look, I, is Joe's team beatable? Yes. I actually think that I thought about for a while when I was making my predictions whether or not Metcalf or Joe would win that game. I think that Joe's either going to blow Metcalf out or Joe will be blown out because I, yeah, once again, there's still a bit, a bit of a bust thing here, even though he's kind of stabilized his floor with Zeke and Eckler just being like very dependable. So, um, and uh, yeah, Frankie solidified himself at the bottom of the league. There could be no question about it. He would have still been the bottom of the league, even if he won, but Still kind of funny to see that it was 10 losses. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I we can talk about the Sacco at the end. Um, I do want to touch on the matchups for this week first. Um, yeah, I got I got you there, Conrad. You know, <laughs> we got- as someone who – I'm the, I'm the vibe check guy this, this episode uh, because I've kind of forgotten who's on people's teams. I think – I'm the most excited for uh, the matchup between you and Anthony. Um, I think Riley is definitely going to beat Telford. Telford is hobbling just so much. I mean, at one point he had like the number one wide receiver and the number one uh, running back. And then like get to now, it's just hobbled all hell kind of seeing the, uh, dare I say, punishment of not having like a top tier quarterback, like having to rely on Geno Smith. Um, yeah. now then we have the upstart Riley who has a great team who who is there you know I think he's got a lot to prove but not a lot to lose you know um, cut to you're in a Cambo's matchup which I am excited about I know a lot of people will be watching <laughs> um, Anthony I'm sorry or you're welcome. Not sure if you wanted Conrad or Joe Russell, but um, here you go. Handed it, handed him to you. <laughs> or I guess yeah. he handed himself to you. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. I think it's uh, let's get some thoughts, Anthony. Are you are you half hype about facing Conrad, a hobbled Conrad? Dare I say? I'm. Either way, I'm feeling good about this week. I'm looking at my projection right now, which does scare me. Uh, I'm looking at. What I think is my best lineup right now, and it's like 96 points compared to Conrad's 105. But I see a lot more, and this is what Noswad and I had talked about this week, is that I see a lot of boom potential. You have Christian Watson, who honestly, I was thinking it might be Brees Hall. I think Christian Watson might be my keeper for next year because I picked him up off waivers. So that's, Christian Watson for my 16th round pick, I really like. Uh, They're going up against a Rams team that doesn't have much to play for. And if Baker's playing well, that means Green Bay is going to be throwing the ball. Uh, Kamara, I'm excited and hopeful that after the rest, he might look like his former self. I just got to pray on a Jamal Williams touchdown. That's what it is. If Jamal Williams scores a touchdown, I win this game. If he doesn't, I don't win this game. This game is decided on Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. It's, oh. So so you're essentially just saying it's going to come down to six points. 
Um, Not necessarily that. I'm just saying <laughs> that if Jamal Williams, if Jamal Williams can score a touchdown, the vibes in my locker room are gonna be incredible. They would be immaculate. And what I would think nothing more that the pirate would love is to see a player like Jamal Williams just will his way to a touchdown. Uh, I'm. I'm setting a boom lineup this week. I don't care about projections. I don't care about, you know, the Rashad White, this or that. Uh, He's been doing well. I don't care. Right now, T. Higgins is projected 11. I am not playing T. Higgins for another two weeks because of that fuck Zach Taylor. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely fair. Do you really think he's going to get fined? I feel like that's, like, definitely a findable offense. He's not going to get fined. Uh, this has happened plenty of times in the NFL, and all they do is sit there and say, oh, well, he tweaked it during pregame warm-ups. That's what happened. Like, he play, he played a snap. All that the NFL determines questionable, doubtful, anything like that, if you play a snap, you're fine. Oh, he te- tweaked it on that first snap. Like, nothing, did he nothing really? You can look past. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a tech. It's the. Di- I mean, that's that would be the same thing as if, you know, a healthy player goes out there and gets a shit rocked on the first play, or someone tears an ACL on the first play. There's nothing you can do once the ball is kicked. I will say though. I mean, yes, playing a snap is fair. Um, but like, if you're game planning, I think it's unfair if you're pulling this just from, like, a game planning standpoint, you know, like, coming from, like, one team versus the other, like, hey, is T. Higgins going to be in? Like, you do have to post your active lineups. Yes. I don't know. Like, it's whatever. Like, it's scummy to definitely to an extent. Um, And then, like, do you – I don't know. It feels like it kind of pisses on competition in a and way. The- and the thing is, Zach Taylor has done this before. This is not the first time he said T. Higgins is going to play today. And they put T. Higgins on, yeah, he's going to play on a three-snap count. And then that's it for the day. He's done it with Tyler Boyd. He's done it with Joe Mixon. He does this a lot. And so the NFL eventually, I know we've talked about this earlier, but as we look into the fantasy playoffs, if you're if you're playing a bangle that gets a little tweaked up, be prepared for some fuckiness. That's the honest truth. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, Kendo. Well, that was nice. But here's the thing. <laughs> I I got to say. Connor, I was about to tell you about how Brett Ripien is going to score like 30 points and carry his team to victory. Ripien is not on my team, nor will I ever be <laughs> Also, I don't, know why you were, I don't know why you were uh, like – needing to uh get like all uppity about quarterbacks like picking up two from the waiver wire. Just start Jared Goff. Just start Jared Goff. Hey, hold on. Let me let me just give you a break. <laughs> Conrad's mind is going a mile a minute. I guess I'll start with I guess I'll start with my team. Um I the reason I, I, I can't lie to you guys. A big reason that I took that Noswad trade that I made that blockbuster um that involved involved Kyler and it involved Saquon well, it's because I didn't like seeing such a weak QB at the top of my roster. Uh, it's a, it's, it's mostly a mind thing. 
because you know that QBs, you can you can totally stream QBs, even though again this year has definitely proved the importance of a top top QB. Um, and I think that might be playing some tricks on some teams right now. They might be looking at my team and say, "Oh, it's hobbled because Kyler Murray, who had a very difficult fantasy playoff schedule, is out now. I don't got to worry about that now. I just got to worry about who's the right guy." Yeah, but I would say like Jared Goff with a nice schedule, you're still not starting him over like Kyler Murray. Yeah, exactly. So I I would have had to start Kyler, and Kyler might have had. To yeah, start. but I like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray just like based off of yeah, the fact yeah, that he has like uh, let me all, right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Jared Goff is on fire right now, and uh, <laughs> really, here we go. I'm really hoping that he can have a decent game against the Jets because then I, I will be probably starting him no matter what next week if I win against the Panthers with all confidence. But that would be great. Jared Goff, a classic late season, gets hot. That's what the Lions are doing right now. They're getting hot. Jared Goff could very well be a league winner, dare I say. But this week, as many have pointed out, starting a Jared Goff against the New York Jets weirdly has become like a suicide wish. The New York Jets have been very good against quarterbacks this year. It's not just Sauce Gardner. They're just a bad matchup for quarterbacks. Josh Allen had a bad game against them. They just in general – I think – what are they? They're the eighth – they're only the eighth uh, hardest matchup for quarterbacks. But that is – you know, if I, if I was – for instance, if Mike White ends up being injured to play that game – um, I would probably consider starting Jared Goff over Brock Purdy. I, I need to see one more out of Brock Purdy before I, I have the iron underpants to start him this week. But um, I uh, I will be playing with this three-headed monster. It's like that thing where it's like – I was thinking about making this graphic, but I didn't have the time today because I was working so much. Um, there's like this thing where it's like it's like two will protect you, seven will kill you, like choose wisely. And it's like <laughs> – this is like streaming QBs to the playoffs. It's like Taylor Huntley, like <laughs> – Oh, God. <laughs> I just saw one of those videos. It's like, okay, 70 of these will kill your team. Two of them will win the league. Choose wisely. So I I feel good about this medley I have between a guy who's getting hot right now, um, a guy who I think has he has the best matchup this week against the Lions. Um, so we're rolling Mike White. Let's move on past the QB. Wait, you're going Mike White? I thought you were going Jared Goff. No, we're not going Jared Goff because he's going against the Jets defense, unless Mike White's injured. Oh, you're going Mike White. Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. That's I like that. That's... That's that's plucky. <laughs> uh, uh, I I I just in general I um I think Kelsey is due. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that that Kelsey just having a big game against the Texans is enough. But apart from that, I'm feeling great about how, where this team's sitting. I mean, Najee Harris has really elevated himself into a you know a truly a must start running back, which is great. You're welcome. <laughs> AJ Brown continues to have these huge weeks. Chris Godwin, I feel great starting at my wide receiver too. So I feel great about my side of the ball. I look, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling as great as I would if I had Kyler at the top of it. But we're gonna. There's no team that this team is scared of right now. Let's look at Cambo. Cambo, I have <laughs> whole issues with this team, and I see two things that I am personally very scared of. Tua is playing in the snow at Buffalo. Do you really want to ride that tiger? Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to obviously you're going to be starting him, but he is going against that really difficult uh, Jets defense. You can bet Sauce Gardner will be on him. Christian Watson, he's been great. Romeo Dobbs is coming back this week. You can expect his target share to get. Meh. Chris Everett has been uh, pretty disappointing. I haven't been in multiple leagues. I had him in this league before we did that trade. Who's um, Chris Everett? Um, yeah, you mean Gerald? Gerald. You fucking uh, Gerald. casual. That yeah. Anyway, there's actually two guys I'm scared of this week, and it might sound counterintuitive to you guys because neither of them have really been shocking, but Alvin Kamara and Gabe Davis. 
Alvin Kamara not only has a you don't need to you don't need to worry about Kamara. Not only does Kamara have a cake matchup against the Falcons, and not only is he coming off a bye, both of which are very significant, uh, he just can at any given day just have these insane games. I I know people think that he's just not that good. They have these ideas in their heads. Trust me, Alvin Kamara is like he, he might have another one of these games where he only gets like ten or seven points, whatever. He is always due to just destroy you, to just break your heart, to just win the week. I'm scared about that. Also, Gabe Davis, just always a classic boom potential guy. I can just see him. I can see a classic Gabe Davis snow game, Josh Allen throwing some darts to him. I'm a little worried about that too. But all things considered, I think that I – Cambo, I'm going to be honest. I was pretty happy when I saw that I got matched up against you. I'm, I'm not sleeping on your boys. I think that you are one of the – you're the reigning champion. You're also – one of the smartest fantasy owners in this group, but um, I, I am. Our, our boys are excited. Our boys are excited for Saturday football and for Sunday. Um, you know what this is, Conrad? This is just a classic Chiefs Bengals matchup. This week is the honest truth. It's the matchup that's gonna get you out of your seats. You're gonna be watching, and I think for everybody. Uh, in the league because we do need to talk, give Riley and everybody. And all right, here's the deal, Conrad, this game, it's a Bengals chiefs game. It's going to get people out of their seats. It's one you're going to need to pay attention to. But on the other side of the bracket, you have that just gritty Titans Ravens game. In Metcalf, <laughs> in Metcalf and Telford, and you're gonna look at it and you're gonna say, "Wow, this paper." But oh, I wait, think, wait, 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 wait. where do okay, I need go. to? All right. Just you look about this matchup it. sucks on paper. All right, this matchup sucks on paper. You look at this and you're like, "Oh, why should I get excited about AFC South and AFC North when you have?" The AFC West and the AFC North, I guess. (laughs) Fuck the East. (laughs) Fuck the East. The Bills have it run. But you look at this matchup, you have Mahomes, Henry, Pacheco, who I really believe Pacheco is the league winner this year. I have him in my other league. He's turning it on at the right time. I think anyone that has Pacheco is looking for a great fantasy season. But then you look at Tony Pollard at Jacksonville, you have uh, Mike Williams against Tennessee. Yeah, it's whatever. That's a good matchup. If Christian Watson doesn't do well, Lazard's doing well. It's one of the two. Kittle's at Seattle. You have Brock Purdy. And you know what's funny is younger quarterbacks tend to trust their tight ends more than they actually do their wide receivers because those are those 10 to 15-yard slant routes that are Easy to throw. Then you look at, which is interesting me, is that on Telford's bench, he actually has, who I think could be another great start if he wants to scream, is Skaronek, however you say his name on the Rams. Skaronek. Yeah. I don't know about that one. (laughs) Dude, the Rams love. (laughs) I don't know. The Rams absolutely love their white wide receivers. And I think this is just 
Sean McVay goes, do your thing, white boy. That's what's <laughs> going to happen this week. Dude. They uh they they had enough of Bryce Perkins had to bring back Baker Mayfield. Guys, I'm 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 sorry. Metcalf is giving us a little bit of a little bit of is showing a little bit of sexy leg here with Mahomes and Derrick Henry. This is a matchup of just disgusting players. Like I know, that, <laughs> I know that some of these guys are truly just like great fantasy assets. Like just disgusting. I honestly like, and the fact that either of them could very well beat Joe if Joe just has you know his one out of every two bad weeks and be in the championship. That is crazy to me. I look, I constantly rated both of these teams lower, especially with Telford as he lost Cooper Cup. Um, I think both of these teams, I would say, are lucky to be matching up against each other. That's what I would say. Well, and I think Riley should start Chuba Hubbard this week too, if he was really committed to it. Chuba's been playing lights out, and I just don't think Pittsburgh's them boys. Uh, I would – like I said, I'm looking boomer bust this week. I'm starting Chuba, Chuba over Deontay Foreman every time this week. Really, really. Why? I think I think Chuba's the guy you give the ball to in those goal line touches. I don't think Have you, you seen give it to Foreman. Foreman. He's huge. He is huge, but I think that at the same time, Chuba is Andy Reid has changed the way the NFL looks at goal line touches. Chuba's a guy you go to the outside with, with a little misdirection another way. And I think Chuba's the guy to start, not Deontay Foreman. And if that's not the case, I'll eat my own shorts. But I am dying on the Chuba train right now. Would, would, you, would you start them both, Anthony? Uh, no, because like <laughs> I said, Pacheco and Derrick Henry are league winners. Well, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, but I, Derrick Henry, the point, yeah. I see what you mean. I mean, I definitely like. I, I have been a Clyde hater for a while, so I'm glad Pacheco has finally stepped it up. Especially now, seeing like Jonathan Taylor be like a top three running back in the league when we took Clyde Edwards-Alaire as the yeah. first overall running back from that draft. So I don't know. I'm glad we got, like, I don't want to say necessarily a stud running back because that's, like, I don't think Pacheco is a running back that can necessarily win you a game just yet. But I guess also um, I don't think Andy Reid would ever give him that chance. So it's like, I don't think there's ever, going, there's ever going to be a stud running back again in the NFL. Have you seen Daniel Pierce? Uh, I, I think, mean, there's definitely, like, good players. The issue is that they all just get injured immediately. That's the thing. I think everything's going to be by committee. But there's nothing like Isaiah Pacheco just gets hit, and you're like, this guy got rocked. And he pops up in 0.2 milliseconds and just starts sprinting back to the line. Like, that's what I love about Pacheco. I love that energy. I love what he brings to the team. And he's benefiting from Clyde being out, but yeah, I, I mean, I I don't hate Clyde, but like, shockingly, a short like running back who's not that fast didn't do like amazing in the NFL. Like, I mean, granted, I'm I'm not saying I would necessarily call him a bust, but like, definitely looking at other running backs in that class and then comparing them to uh 
like Clyde Edwards Alaire, it's just not the same. Like you got Jonathan Taylor, who's like first team all pro, and then it's like eh, I don't know. Um well, I I wanna you know, we don't have to talk too long about it, because honestly, why should the worst two teams get a word? Although I will say that Frankie and Diche are currently projecting more than both Telford and Cambo. But Oh, um, oh, nice. We are officially on our final layer of the this journey to the Sacco. I I honestly, it's it's been beautiful. There's been so many teams that kind of popped in and kind of showed themselves at the last second, but it was the same two teams all along that ultimately ended up being the Sacco. I will say, I guess Tommy rose out of that um, and kind of put Frankie in, but for a while now, it's kind of looked like these teams, and despite some last second efforts by Diche especially. Um, we have the Sacco set up, and boys, I gotta say, I'm excited for either of these guys. I could see being a very exciting uh, beer 5K. Um, I think that it's going to be a, a true joy. I wonder how the other team will react uh, being in that audience. You know, both these guys right now are just mentally preparing each other for this, mentally preparing themselves for this awful event. And uh, I wonder how they'll look down on someone, seeing someone do it. Um, in front of them, like out of body experience, like seeing them run that, thinking about <laughs> how close they were. I, I think it's gonna be an emotional night. I hope that whether or not it's uh, Frankie or Diche, I hope that Matty Fancher is in attendance. Um, let's uh, let's talk rules here, real quick. What were you boys thinking? All right, I I I think that we have it pretty sized up. However. Whatever track or distance we choose to go, I think it should be there. You start with a beer, and then um, you're like the last – before the last kilometer, you drink your last beer. And then you um, – I think that it's fine. If you if you want to enforce chugging, you have to let them stop. Um, but as Diche said, like by beer four, I don't know if these boys are going to be able to chug. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I think that we got to go beerio cart rules. I think Biro cart's fair. I think that if you are not moving, you can drink. But if you are moving, you cannot drink. I think that's the best way to do it. I am saying this as someone, one, for everybody who doesn't know, I have discovered in the last two years that I am allergic to hops. So if I have, like, two beers, I am throwing up. Like, the time I finish my second beer, it's gone. It's thrown up. Uh, I don't think it matters necessarily where we do it. Yeah, a track would suck for the runner just because it's kind of boring. But at the same time, it allows us to keep track of, like, what's actually going on. Yeah, uh, going together, sharing stories, having a good time. I kind of like it. That, in a yeah. And uh, – I think that whatever beer we pick, I think the Tank 7 idea is great. We are a Kansas City League through and through, so I really think the only beers we could go with are a Boulevard Tank 7, a Boulevard Bully Porter, or a Casey Beer Co. Dunkel. I think that's Ooh, the best way I do to go. like a Dunkel. But, like, that's what – if I was running this, I would be doing a – I wouldn't care about the alcohol content. I would be doing a vodka soda every single K and it needs to be finished. <laughs> it needs to be finished by the next K. I think, yeah, 
what what I've always imagined was that someone would chug a beer to begin with. They run the K, chug a beer, run a K, chug a beer, and then just do that till they finish. Um, obviously, we can't enforce the punishment too strictly, but you know, at the end of the day, if the beers are drank and the five K is run, then I think they've gotten their punishment. Um, Honestly, if this turns out, I think this has a lot of potential. I think, Conrad, did you make this one up? Well, is this yeah, you? Well, I, I, uh, in my other league, there was like um, this guy, the commissioner did the poll for what the punishment should be. And it was like eight like fire ideas. But I, So I sent a screenshot to the group and you guys really liked the beer 5K because it was like, yeah, like a beer mile, that's, that's too soft for a, t- for, a, for a league full of like, you know, for a league full of athletes, so <laughs> we did a we did a beer mile in my other league, and it was like honestly underwhelming. Yeah, uh, and it was a five, just like a five k is minimum like twenty five minutes. Like a beer five k, that's like a good that's a good chunk of time for some future and content. It'll be minimum days, which is great as well. I am not worried about either of these guys' drinking abilities. I'm worried about their running abilities. You forget that D-Shay was on the easy E team. <laughs> you forget how many cigs D-Shay has smoking and smoked in the last four years. You forget, like, everybody besides Will Tamke's body has probably declined at an exponential rate over the past four years. Uh yeah, Will and Telford. Peak. Telford, I gotta give it to you. You're looking, you're doing good things right, with yourself. Let's, let's, let's it might on. be the Coke <laughs> Tuesday missionary is on the menu, boys. Um, maybe the league punishment next year should be you have to, um, you have to just improve yourself. Just <laughs> you have to be in shape. About more run, <laughs> just get better. Um, I'm for it. I'm for a healthier league and a healthier society. Because at the end of the day, uh, you're all my boys. So thank you guys so much for revitalizing the pod. I had a lot of fun tonight. Cambo, it's always great to have you on. Um, I am so excited for this first round. I'm actually going to be down in Florida when it really starts kicking off on Sunday. I might be on a boat. So if you don't hear from me, that's not because I'm, I'm dunking punches. I'm probably going to be catching wahoos. So I'm excited. What? What the hell? <laughs> hey, don't worry. Don't worry about it. I'm, don't worry about it. I'm excited. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, all I'll say is that uh, Cambo, uh, you better watch out for quite a few guys next week because when it rains, it pours. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, good luck, everyone. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me When you hold me in your arms so tight You let me know everything's alright I-